Warning! This episode contains adult language, mature themes, motor clubs, divine relationships, ice cream, sake, and bonpays. Listener discretion is advised.
episode 20. Critical success! Woo! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spyrick and Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan. Hello and welcome. This is our 20th episode. 20. Vente. We made it to 20 episodes. Can't believe it. I'm very happy with that. For those of you who've listened since episode 1, thank you. It's been a long road. We're still going. We're still coming out. It's going to be very cool. And for those of you who just started listening, welcome to the show. For those of you who don't know, Spyrokin is a society that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much what we do every week is we review manga. We go select one with our Wheel of Manga, which you'll find out about later. And what we do is we'll read it and review it on air. This way you don't have to go to a bookstore and say, Hey, this manga looks really good. Oh God, why did I pick this up? We do all the dirty work. If you don't agree with our statements, no problem. Send us emails at spyrokin.gmail.com. Just no real dirty flames and just make it intelligent, not just, You suck. <laughs> just something with a little more substance than that. Thank you. Anyway, so yeah, 20 episodes. It's been a long time since Mason and me first started reading about Sorcerer Hunters and... Uh, what did she review? Um, it's been a while because Mason's been missing for quite some time. Yes, for those who don't know, she's actually getting married on December 1st. So, mazel tov, Mason. What happened was she originally was going to have the big wedding, and now pretty much she just said, you know what, we'll get the small wedding done, then later we'll get the big wedding. So, Mason's getting married. So, for those of you who liked her a lot, I'm sorry, guys. She's no longer on the market. Sorry. So, what else is going on in Spyrokin world? Nothing. Nada. Nunca. Just, you know, getting ready for Thanksgiving, which is this Thursday. It's going to be really good, even though I have to work in the morning. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I work for my state. I am a toll collector. Yes, a toll collector. I sit in the booth and take money. It's not as easy as it sounds. We do a lot of other things, including writing a lot of paperwork, and we have to make sure we have every single axle variant checked. It sucks. But if on the midnight shifts, I get to read all the manga I want, and I can read anime because there's no traffic whatsoever. Well, not really. There is a lot of traffic, but on my off time, I get to do that. It's not that bad. During the day, though, there is no time to watch anime. So if you guys think, oh, toll collecting is an easy job. No, it's not. But I shouldn't be griping about my job. This is a manga podcast isn't it? Very true. So, you guys are probably wondering, what is he going to review today? Because last week, episode 19, I said I was going to review Cromarty High School in episode 21, but I never told you what's in episode 20. That's because we're going to have a surprise. Without consulting the wheel of manga, hopefully Scully is not upset with me, I've decided to review one of the older series I've read. This is actually the second or first, depending on how you look at it, series I ever got into. Very popular series, originally came out in 1998, and it's still coming out. There are 37 volumes, and it's a senin, but it's a relationship manga. Very cool. Now, you're probably wondering, what manga is he talking about? For those of you who are youngins who weren't around during 1988 or were just born at that time, this series is very old, but it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's really enjoyable. It's by Kosuke Fujishima, and it's drawn by him. The title, for those of you who don't guessed it by now, Amegami-sama, or Oh My Goddess, or Oh My Goddess. As I said, Dark Horse released it. It was originally published by Kodansha, or it's still published by Kodansha. It's a senin, they're 37 volumes, it's a novel series, three different TV series, an OVA, and a video game for this series. The series is very long, and it's really enjoyable. You probably are going to guess what I'm going to give it, but we'll wait a little bit so I can give you the suspense for those of you who are new listen to my review of this. So, we should get into the plot. 
Yes, yes, I think the plot would be nice. So let us get into the plot. So, the series is about Keiichi Morisato. He's a first year college student at the Nokimi Institute of Technology, or NIT. And he's also a member of the Motor Club, which is run by two of the coolest guys in the whole manga. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So, he's pretty much just a typical college student. He's a little shorter than normal. He's probably 5'1", when everyone's 5'3", 5'5", you know. And he doesn't have a good experience with women. The first girl he ever tried hitting on was actually the most popular girl in school, and she turned him down completely and made fun of him. Now, despite the setback of him being insulted by this girl, he's still a good person. He's really intelligent, he's good with numbers, and he's also very talented with mechanics. He can build a car engine in 20 minutes, he knows how to work with bikes, he's a great driver, and, you know, he's just going with the motions with school. Now, he's currently stuck at the all-boys dorm, which is filled with crazy people, and he's the only sort of normal person in there. Younger classman, he's the Kohai. So all his senpais kind of treat him like shit and make him do a lot of the dirty work. So, in this beginning, he's pretty much playing answering machine. See, back in the 80s, answering machines weren't for everybody. They weren't with every phone. You actually had to buy a separate machine. So he has to play the answering machine. He has to be pick up weight on the phone for one of his senpais if anyone calls him. So everyone's out having fun. He's stuck there. And his senpai gets a phone call. So he's like, oh crap, I guess I got a call, senpai back. So he goes to his rotary phone, another thing which isn't around anymore. For those of you who don't know, rotary phones are phones you, you put your finger in and you spin the whole thing. It's pretty cool. I also put pictures up. But anyway, this isn't a technology chat. So so he goes and tries to call senpai. When he picks up the phone and starts dialing, what happens is that he gets a weird response. He says, hello, well, thank you for calling the goddess helpline. A representative will be with you in one minute. He's like, oh crap made a wrong number, hangs up the phone, and then he looks up and sees the mirror in front of him, starts glowing, and a hand sticks out of the mirror, freaks out, and a beautiful girl pops out, and she's like, hello, my name is Belle Dandy, I'm a goddess, and she hands him a business card. This is the second main character, and arguably one of the most wonderful and beautiful characters in manga and anime. She's actually considered the anti-babe by some people because she's just that perfect. She is Beldandi, goddess of the past, based on Norn Verdandi, or sorry, goddess of the present, or sister, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, he's wondering, this has got to be a joke, goddess shows up with a business card, and she says, pretty much, the Almighty has deemed you worthy of one wish. You can be whatever you want, you can wish to have lots of money, you could wish to be a race car driver, you can wish for anything you want. If you want to destroy the world, you can even do that, no problem. We prefer not to do that, but whatever you want to do. So he's thinking about this, and his head's like, this has got to be a joke. My senpais, they probably said, oh, we're going to make fun of Keiichi, ha ha ha, he's stupid. And she looks at him and asks him, why do you think it's stupid? Why do you feel that girls aren't attracted to you? And he doesn't think, oh, she just read my mind, huh? He shows her that he's shorter than her, he's like, I'm short, girls won't like me. And she says, pretty much, it doesn't matter the size of the person, it's their heart which matters. There's always someone for anyone. Beldani's pretty much this uberly nice, uberly sweet person who does everything right, and she doesn't use her powers at all, even though she's a goddess. She's awesome. I like Beldani a lot. I mean, she's a little too sugary sweet at times, but she's like the girl you want to take home. She's so sweet and innocent, but at the same time, she's someone you want to see her go crazy and do very 
bad things with, but she won't because she's a goddess, obviously. Surprisingly, though, one of the things that was kind of interesting about her was when anime first came out back when it was all violence and sex, a lot of people said she was like a soft porn type anime character when she doesn't ever get naked. Yeah, sorry guys, you don't ever really see her naked when you don't see her do naughty things. She's too innocent. But anyway, anyway, so after this, he's like, okay, I know. I know what my wish is going to be. Because he still thinks it's a joke. He's like, I wish you'd be my girlfriend forever. And he's like, oh, I guess that didn't work, huh? <laughs> and as he's looking away, doesn't notice that Beldani's starting to glow. And suddenly a lightning bolt hits her. He turns around and he's like, ah! Now, wish accepted. And then he realizes, oh, shit. And this is the beginning of a long relationship with him and Beldandi, the goddess of the present. Pretty much what happens is that he gets kicked out of the men's dorm, because it's an all-men's dorm. When they find out there's a girl in there, he, they flip out and throw him out. And what's keeping them together at first is this thing called the system forces. So if anyone tries to break them up, horrible things will happen, like a person will get struck by lightning, or a person will get wet, or their car will explode. It's pretty cool. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. How can she actually love him if she made a wish to make her be with him forever, right? Well, three reasons why. First reason is that throughout the series, there's a bunch of times when the contract has been broken and she's been able to go home and she just doesn't want to because she does love him. Second reason, they knew each other as children. I know, generic plot point, but it works. Yet, she actually loves him, and that's why she wanted to give him the wish. She didn't finagle things, but she really does love him. And the third reason why, because the fact that if he ever said, just go away, she would. But she doesn't. She actually does want to be with him, and he wants to be with her. It's not like a harem where they're just fighting all the time. Yes, there's a comical element of, will they ever kiss? Will they ever be together? Yes, there is that element, but it's a relationship series. And a nice thing is it's grounded in reality. There's no magical curses or alien shooting energy or... Uh, or 50 girlfriends trying to kill each other. It's just two people in love trying to get things to work. As the series goes on, you meet her other sisters and other gods and demons, like her oldest sister, Erd, goddess of the past, who is based on Erd the Norn, and she's an alcoholic. And she's also very promiscuous since she's half-demon. And then you have their younger sister, Skuld, who is a, a gearhead, obsessed with machinery, makes her a giant robot. She hits people with a club, of course, any sentient has to have a girl with a club bashing people in the head. You know this is a game. But her love of machinery kind of makes sense since she is the goddess of the future. And she's the youngest, so that kind of actually works very well. And you have other characters like Marler, and then of course, some of the more interesting, like his senpais, Otaki and Torichi. They're awesome. But I'm also getting ahead of myself a little bit. Pretty much the series is very cool. It's very enjoyable. It's unique. It's different from what it's time. It's now pretty much weird. Like I said before, one of the interesting things is Belle Dandy herself, because she's very powerful. She's a, a goddess first class, and she is just kind and patient and warm to everybody. It doesn't matter. I mean, even if someone's going to be mean to her, she still gives them the benefit of the doubt. She does get very insecure and sad, and if that's usually if Keiichi looks like he's interested in someone else. But, and her power kind of goes haywire, but she's very skilled. And she actually has an angel. All gods have angels that pop out. Hers is Holy Bell. Very beautiful angel, and she sings a lot. And also, another thing about the goddesses and demons in this series is that they have an alternate power supply. Pretty much when they use up their magic, 
they have to recharge themselves somehow. For Belt Dandy, it's sleeping. So after using like three spells, you just see her pass out on the floor. And you think she's sick or dead, but she's just recharging. And then you have the other goddess, like I said, Erd. The older sister, her recharge system is alcohol. She has to drink. And she's actually half demon. Her mother is the queen of hell. And her father is the almighty who pretty much is god. So she's kind of in the middle. But she's supposedly the goddess of love. She makes potions which honestly go haywire. Like, what is it? Fifth volume, I think? Uh, she gives a potion to Keiichi to make Beldani feel better because she got sick. And when Keiichi drinks it, he ends up being half girl. And he freaks out. And she's like, okay, I can fix this. I can fix this. Try this. And it makes her, his hair longer. And then schooled hers is ice cream. She's like obsessed with ice cream. So whenever she's out, she's like, ice cream, ice cream. They're alternate powers. Even though it sounds like they don't add a lot to the series, they actually play a pretty pivotal part in it. Especially during one part when Yggdrasil actually goes under. That's their control system. Anyway, their powers go out of whack and they have to run on their alternate power sources. So Beldani's always sleeping and Erd has to drink constantly. And then school constantly saying, I want ice cream, I want ice cream. And what happens is that as the, the little story goes on, you see that since their powers are out of whack, they actually start going and changing to what their power specifies. Okay, I know that sounds like gibberish, but let's follow me. So since Erd is the goddess of the past, she starts getting younger and younger. And then, of course, you can guess that Schooled, she's goddess of the future... She gets older and older, and she starts looking all adult and beautiful. It's like, I'm going to look better than Beloni Chen. She loves her sister. As she's getting older, Erd's like, you know, you're going to become an old lady soon. It's like, oh no, I have to get back to normal. And then she says, oh, this isn't fair. Beldani stays the same no matter what, because she's the present. And that's just one of the times when the powers go out of whack, so it's pretty funny. One of the constant themes in it, though, is that Erd and School's perspective on Beldani and Keiichi's relationship. Like, Erd thinks they're not they're not frisky enough, not having too much fun, so she's constantly trying to get them to have sex or just make out. One time, she'll change their two bedrooms into one bedroom, which has a huge, looks like a hotel, it says Hotel Erd, so, you know. And then on the other hand, school, she loves her on Nechan, and she wants her to be pure and wonderful and go back to heaven with her, and she doesn't want to share with Keiichi, so she constantly tries to break them up. But it doesn't work. Eventually, she just realizes, I like Keiichi, he's fun, I can use him t for my own ends, so she keeps him around, but she doesn't love him, she just tolerates him. But it's very intriguing, and it's different because it's based a lot on Norse mythology. For example, the system's computer for heaven is called Yggdrasil, which, for those of you who know Norse mythology or don't know, Yggdrasil was the world tree. It's the tree of the world which supposedly we're on, we're in the earth, or Midgard, is in the middle, and then you have Valhalla, uh, sorry, Asgard, which is heaven in the branches. And then, I can't remember what hell was called. But for those of you who know, if someone knows what hell is in Norse mythology, send it to me. I'm being an idiot right now. Okay, I remember. Um, well, pretty much the system computer for the demons is called Nidhogg. Which is based on, you know, the underworld in Norse mythology. So, they have their own system computer. They also have their own little goddess helpline. Well, actually, they're the demon-esque unhelp line they cause wishes that you sell your soul to them to get more warriors and there's a lot of names which are used by like I said north mythology the three norns who are the past present and future they decide fate they are bell bell dandy schooled and erd which is kind of cool you have some of the goddesses who are called chrono for those who don't know chrono from greek mythology is the god of uh, time you have a lot of other little references 
to mythology like um schleppner odin's horse which is the god's horse supposedly so we're, we can assume that the almighty is odin or a combination of odin kamisama and any other type of main head god there is you know yahweh allah just regular god god so their take on god is very unilateral and interesting Another interesting thing from the heavenly point of view is that they added something kind of cool so there's a reason why the gods just don't kill the demons and the demons don't kill the gods. The main demoness, who's also Urd's mother, Hild, kind of made an agreement with the Almighty One, which they have the doublet system, or doublet system. Pretty much for every god, there's a demon counterpoint. So if you kill the demon counterpoint or the god counterpoint, other half will die, so... You don't really meet any of the doubles, you only meet one, and that's Beldandis, who's this guy who's all weird. But besides the heavenly aspect, it's pretty interesting. Um, another interesting thing about this manga, besides the interesting stories with the gods themselves, is just the humanistic characters you have in it. I mean, you have all the different side characters all are very developed. It's not like, okay, this character's here, he's stupid, the end, ha ha ha. No. Every character has their own place and time. For example, there's one character who's introduced whose name is Sora Hasegawa. She's one of the younger members of the motor club at the school, and she's very timid and mousy. And in the series, Beldani and Keiichi kind of help her overcome her lack of confidence, and she ends up believing in herself. And she ends up becoming the president of the motor club. Yes, as you know, I'm giving a shitload of spoilers. Deal with it. <laughs> And then another character is Sayoko Mishima. This is the girl that, like I said before, he the original most popular girl in school. And Keiichi tried asking her out and she turned him down. And she's very rich and popular. And what happens is that when Beldandy appears, suddenly Beldandy's the most popular girl in school. And now she's obsessed with seducing Keiichi and taking him away from her. And I think she actually ends up falling in love with him. Even though she ends up helping Keiichi with his relationship. It's kind of cool. Of course, also her cousin's another character who's just a douchebag. Toshiyuki Aoshima. He's this guy who pretty much the first episode he tries to, to rape Beldani. She ends up blowing him away, literally. Just freaking blasting him with air. Don't mess with Beldani when she's mad. Not. The series is very long and very interesting. It has something for everybody. If you're a motorhead, especially if you like cars and mechanics, that's one of the main themes of the series. Like, since, since Cage is in a motor club, Every so often, they have a competition or an expo they're going to, and they're going through designing something new. Uh, what is it? One of the side stories is that it's right after the guy I told you about, Aoshima, starts his own club to rival the rival the motor club. He ends up bulldozing their clubhouse, and underneath their clubhouse, they find an abandoned airplane. So they get the brilliant idea. The motor club guys say, you know what? It has a motor in it. We can use it. So we're going to build this, rebuild this airplane and have Keiichi fly it. Even though he doesn't know how to fly, and they start doing these random trains from, like, throwing him out a window while tied up. like, well, this, and this book's upside down. Like, well, this is how the astronauts do it. This is how you'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I didn't explain. The two main interesting characters are Torichi Tamiya and Otaki Ayama. They're the ex-directors of the motor club, but then Keiichi becomes director eventually. But they're these two guys who, they try their best and they're retarded. Like, Tamiya is this guy who has a mohawk and he has a, uh, spark plugs for earrings and he wears leather. And then you have Otaki, this big burly guy with a thick mustache and a wife beater. He just is 
really dumb. Pretty much just imagine the stupid large frat boys who do the dumbest things, and you'll have them. They're plot bunnies, we're not gonna lie, they do a lot of stupid things and then stuff happens, but hey, they're funny as hell and they're actually, with the exception of Keiichi, they're really my favorite characters. I don't know what I could say about them, they just get into really big, very strange things and it ends up Keiichi's the one who has to solve the problem. Like they'll make a bet against a motor club and Keiichi saves the day and it ends up they're still in the hole because they made more bets. Or it's very, very, very good what they do. Very stupid what they do, but they're comic relief completely. They're the ones that make it more interesting for me. But um, back to what I was saying. So, like I said, this series is tr 37 volumes long. Very long, a little bit of investment. Very cool series, though. Very enjoyable. If you have a girlfriend, or if you're a girl, you'll like this series. If you're someone who's just into relationships, you'll like this series. If you want something different that's not too violent, but funny, you'll like this series. I mean, there is violence. Don't get me wrong, because it is a demon and god show. You have a lot of fights between evil beings and good beings, and you see the goddesses and gods using magic. But that's, that's far and in between. The main story is Bell Dandy and Keiichi and their relationship. about what's That's the main thing. It's not just, you know, we're going to have just like fighting. No. It's a story with a lot of plot. Like I said, 37 volumes, over 20 years worth of stuff. It's got a lot. It's not just all serious, though. There are the chibi panels, and this actually led to one of the spin-off series called Adventures of the Mini Goddesses. The goddesses could actually change their shape, so it's about them in their mini form running around doing crazy things. So you see them doing strange things, like shrinking Keiichi down, trying to get him into a 135th scale replica of a tank. Or you see them making clones of themselves, and as their clones keep making it, they get more and more screwed up. Or you see them when the air conditioner goes off, they're climbing a bookshelf and it looks like a mountain. It's kind of funny because they do really strange things. <laughs> I mean, what else can I say about this series? It's just that, is, that I haven't said. It's probably a lot. I mean, the art style is at first very dated. Like I said, it came out in 1980. But you see as it progresses along, you see the characters slowly develop more and more. And they look better. Also, you see each character just slowly become what they were. And that's just wonderful how the series just progressed. One of the interesting or bad things about the series, though, is when I first got the series, the original title I got from was Oh My Goddess, 1888 Goddess. And it was the first volume with the first story, with part of the first story. It was actually the first four volumes compressed into one manga. No, it wasn't an uber manga. They cut a lot of shit out. It was like, okay, we'll give you this part, then this part, then this part, because it's interesting. It was really butchered. That was the first volume I got. The second one I got was Wrong Number, which was a pretty much the original telling, but they cut it in half, so it was half of the first volume. The current release, which is another one I have, is actually Oh My, oh my God is Volume 1, which is the whole, whole volume, and it's about 187 pages, which is pretty nice for manga, and it has a lot of the cultural notes. It has a lot of questions and answers. A pretty good investment. Definitely worth it. And best thing? No honorifics. Like, I think they got it right now. So if you want... Now, if you go to the store to pick this up, try getting the first volume and going through. Don't start off in the middle. I mean, you can start off later in the series, but you might be a little confused because some of the characters, they make reference to older stuff. It's not just like with, say, Naruto, which is just vignettes. This is actually one continuous story. And they do have time. Like they explain, this has been this many years since this happened, which is pretty nice. Now, as you could probably guess what my rating of this is going to be, you're right. 
I'm going to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this, your soul will bleed out. Your brain will f- burn and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zomo Gustar. <laughs> Hail Il Palazzo. Yeah, this series is very just... It's a wonderful series. It's a good series to start off with. I mean, if you know someone who's never read manga before, or just someone who just wants something light to read, definitely, oh my gosh, is worth getting. It's a wonderful series. I don't know what I could say about it. I mean, I'm a softie. I'm a romantic at heart. I mean, I've had, if you've read the Fight Bait forums, you know I've had some interesting times. But, I don't know. Just something about, oh my gosh, it's just interesting. It draws you in and it makes it just real. The art is, like I said, the machinery, you could see every nut and bolt. It reminds me a little of Miyazaki with the machinery, but the character design is a little simplistic, but it works. A lot of little gags in it, they really make me laugh, and it's enjoyable. Mason loves this series. Actually, when she started getting into BESM, which is a big eye, small mouth role-playing game, she ended up playing an Oh My Goddess character because she likes the series so much. She's in love with Holy Bell. She thinks she's so kawaii and cute. I know I can't say kawaii because I'm a guy, but fuck it. Definitely check out Oh My Goddess if you can get a hold of it. Also watch the anime. The anime's hysterical. If you, I think that if you write to any of your local podcasts like Anime World Order, Anime Pulse, Fightbait Anime Podcast, Weeaboobies, they might do a review of it. Of course, Weeaboobies might bash it. I don't know. We could see. But, what else can I say? What else can I say? It's like, Cubs win. No, can't say that. Yeah, hopefully this review, whoa, we've been on for 30 minutes. Holy shit. This is a, I really enjoyed reading this book again. Because I've been reading so many other volumes, so many other mangas, and I just went back to read these, the first four volumes, and I really had fun reading it. Made me why I got into manga, because, you know, unlike American comics where they're one set stories, these are, mangas are entire, just, they're sagas. It's like watching, I hate to say it, a soap opera almost, or watching you know, an actual play. They're not one, two, three. They're actually long, drawn-out events, and they go from one to the other. It's a progression. It's like reading a good novel. That's, I guess that's why we call them graphic novels instead of comics, even though they are comics. I mean, it's like the whole calling a Gundam show a Gundam show and not a giant robot show, even though they're the same thing. Maybe that's why we read manga so much, because they're, we think they're different. And they are a little different than regular American comics, or, you know, Western comics. I don't know. What do you guys think? Send me an email about what you guys think about why you got into manga, or what you believe the reason why we like manga so much. I'll read them on the air. Uh, as usual, my voice is getting a little scratchy. been up since 4 a.m., so my voice is a little bleh. I guess that is it for episode 20. Yes, 20 is done. It's been 20 episodes. Fuck. Hopefully I'll make it to 50 and I won't pot fade. Hope you guys will help me out. Now, as usual, we have our contests up. Let me get into those. First contest, as usual, is our win pock shitload of pocky contest. Pretty much, go to my forums spiraken.rapidboards.com it's S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N 
period. R-A-P-I-D-B-O-A-R-D-S, period, C-O-M. Go to this website and post. Start posting on the forum. First 100 posters will be entered into a lottery to win a shitload of Pocky. I have about 100 boxes, and I'm not getting any fresher. And I don't want to throw them out. So please enter them in. Please be cool to give out this Pocky, because first winner will get 100 boxes. Winner 2 will get 20. Third place will get uh, 10 boxes. So come on. It's not that fucking hard. Uh, also, other one is our Wheel of Manga contest, pretty much. As you know, we decide things from using the Wheel of Manga, where every week we pick 10 titles, we put it on the wheel, and we spin it, and whatever it lands on, that's what we review for next week. Since it's episode 20, we're not going to spin it, but next week the wheel will be back. Sorry, Scully. But what you do is we have a list of over 600 titles. You pick 10 we haven't reviewed yet. And what you do is you send us your list and why we should use your list specifically. Whatever it is, if we approve of it, we'll give you props for it, and we'll use your list when we spin the wheel of manga, and we'll read off the titles. Alright? So, yeah, I guess that's about it. I mean, like I said, for those are the contests, and if you have any questions, concerns, or flames... Email is spirekin at gmail.com or you can email me specifically at zan.spirekin at gmail.com or if you want to lament Mason's impending marriage, you can email her at mason.spirekin at gmail.com. Oh, and before I forget, Zan is with an X, not with an S. So it's X A N dot S P I R A K E N at gmail.com or for Mason, it's M-A-Y-S-A-N dot S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N at gmail.com. And, of course, our website is com. You can check us out on iTunes, on Podcast Pickle, or at our MySpace account, myspace.com forward slash Spiraken. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you guys have a good day and continue sticking out with us. Thanks a lot, guys. As usual, this is Zan. See ya.